Okay, this is the Your Life, Your Term show. And if you don't recognize my voice, it's because this is Anthony Molinaro and not Tom Caradza. I actually work on the membership team here at Rockstar. I'm also a content producer and I'm sitting down with... With Aiden Caradza, I'm Tom's son. Um, I'm currently at attending Western University. I'm 20 years old um, and I'm here in the office helping out for the summer. And so what we decided to do is while Tom and Nick are vacationing in Croatia and living life on their terms, we decided we re we'd record a couple uh, podcast episodes just to keep the podcast going. So we sat down with the young and knowledgeable Lorenzo Poda, underwriting manager at BM Select Mortgages. And if you don't know who BM Select is, they're a mortgage broker company we've worked with for probably over a decade now. Uh, they've helped a ton of Rockstar Inner Circle members be able to finance their portfolios as well as our team members. And uh, Lorenzo Poda is one of the main guys on the team along with Michael Zanzini, Daniel Patton, and Dave Butler. Um, and so we sat down with Lorenzo. He revealed a ton of interesting insights into the mortgage business, how to love what you do for a living, how to put in the long hours needed to succeed in your craft. And Lorenzo is just a great example of how to hustle hard in your 20s to set up an amazing career and real estate portfolio. Yeah, us three took over the podcast. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Caradza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, this is uh, the Your Life, Your Term Show takeover with uh, <laughs> myself, Anthony. So I'm a membership coordinator, content producer with Rockstar, and Aiden Caradza, who's Mr. Yep, I'm Tom's son. Tom's uh, son. Helping out with the membership team again this summer. Glad to be back. Yeah, and, yeah so we're taking over. Tom and Nick are living it up in Croatia. Uh, so we decided we'd take over the podcast. And uh, we're having our good buddy Lorenzo in. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so thanks for coming, man. Lorenzo, wh what exactly do you do right now? Uh, so right now I'm the uh, underwriting manager for BM Select. So uh, obviously... Our Dave Butler, Dan Patton, Mike Sanzini, all, all the guys there. So I'm the underwriting manager of the team. So anytime, obviously, you guys need a mortgage or any of the Rockstar clients need mortgages, not most of them do work with us. And uh, I'm basically manage all the underwriting for our team. Yeah. So how does that work? So just give me a little... Yeah. Uh, give me the background of how BM Select or Butler works. Like, yeah. what's the structure? Yeah, so basically the way I guess if anytime a new client comes to us, the way it starts off is that they'll definitely be introduced to one of our sales agents. Sometimes it'll, it'll be me most of the time, 95% of the time, it's going to be either Dan Patton or Mike Sanzini, which a ton of people are uh, definitely familiar with. They'll do an intro call with you. They'll talk to you, talk to the clients, figure what they're looking at doing, kind of put, put together a preliminary plan. Just basically, hey, here's what I'm looking to do. Here's what we can like. Likely do, but obviously a lot of that's just kind of high level conversation. Just I was going to say, are they crunching numbers? Not, not at that point. No, just, there's not really much to do until we get the actual person's file and all their documents more. It's more so just kind of a high level conversation of what we're looking to do and kind of putting together a preliminary plan. Okay. From that point on, we'll have our applications team. They'll reach out to the client. They'll send them basically a copy of our application and then basically collect all the documents. So we've obviously, we've been through that a ton. So mortgage statements, tax bills, pay stubs, anything that you obviously could think you have that will collect yeah, it. Blood tests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So then uh, from there, basically the file gets sent over to one of, one of the underwriters. So that's obviously the team that I manage. And uh, they'll put together basically the client's pre-approval. They'll start working with lenders if it's a live deal. Um, and they'll basically work to put together some options for the client. At that point, sales agent, Mike, Dan, will give you a call. Basically, hey, here's what we're working with now. This is what we think we can do for you. This is what we can do for so you. So they're just communicating 
communicating with the underwriting. Correct. Yeah. Now, together. to be Intel's, you have to have the strongest knowledge of underwriting. So obviously, they know exactly what. Did what they start on. as underwriters? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Everyone who goes into sales, especially with us and our team, we would never let someone in. So what's the process if you're getting into like the mortgage business or at least at your business, you kind of, where do you start? Usually if depends on the person, but typically you'll start in underwriting and then you'll just like obviously learn the underwriting, learn yeah. mortgages. But once you can do a mortgage start to finish in a sense that you can basically start do the intro call all the way to closing the actual file once the approval is in by yourself. At that point, once you're very comfortable, you're ready to go into sales because now there's nothing that someone can throw at you that you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you can right? speak to it. Exactly. And isn't that how Dan and Dave started? It's it was exactly. start to finish, underwrite exactly. to finish. Exactly. And then they're like, hey, we got to scale this thing. Turn exactly. And eventually you can't do everything, but... Yeah, and then build yeah. more of the team totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you have to, to, especially to be in mortgages, like there's definitely people out there that are just, they're salespeople, which, which is good, but... You obviously, you don't want to be that person. You have to fall back on someone else all the time, right? So us guys that are team, like Dan and Mike specifically, like they know exactly, like they know underwriting better than most people, right? So it's, they're, they're fantastic at it. And that's kind of how we make salespeople out of underwriters. Yeah. I didn't realize growing up, but like every business is just started by like having one skill, whether you're a barber and you just cut hair and then realizing like, Hey, if I want to scale this and have a legit business yeah. and not just be self-employed, I need to build a team. Yeah, oh, kind of, and, and it's not it's everybody like, too. Yeah. It's almost every business, it yep. seems like, starts that way. And I didn't realize that. Like, It's like what Tom and Nick did with 100%, Rockstar. percent yeah. They were real estate agents start to finish. And then they're like worked on marketing and brought in team members yeah, and now built it up. Place, put totally. systems in place. Mm -hmm. And now we have all the coaches who are essentially... Uh, the like you the got, sales guys, the sales yeah. guys, right? And then we have Tom and Nick who are doing the research and marketing and that type of stuff. But it's like every business. I didn't 100%, realize hundred percent. And it's definitely something where it's like some people, if they they're like for the barbershop example, some guys end up just staying at that one person. That's they're they're gonna do for the rest of their life, which is fantastic. And then obviously, very few people end up growing to something really large, right? Kind of like Tom and Nick did or Dave and Dan, same idea. Yeah, I guess it's just what you wanted a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and some like, people don't have the vision for it too. Like some people, like hey, I can see how this can get bigger. Some people are just really happy with, and they don't really see past their just one chair cut and barbershop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just whether or not you're business minded. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Like my barber, he just loves cutting hair. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to keep leveling up. <laughs> Same guy, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's just, I love it. I love the conversation and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And then a, a guy like that is perfect to like invest in real estate because he can still grow his wealth on the side. It's just, he doesn't necessarily want to do that with his day job. Absolutely. And like spend his time doing that type of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, we were just talking before the podcast. You just bought your third place. Yeah. So I bought, I bought a second place for myself to move into. And then I ended up buying a new build as well. Uh, that I'm going to be, obviously got to kind of get that set up this week. Uh, how old are you? Uh, 23. 23. Yeah. So maybe, maybe let's give a little bit of a background story or how have you got to this point at 23 where you're just about to, you know, get your third yeah here. dude i thought i worked hard yeah. for like a 20 year old yeah, yeah, yeah. you make me feel lazy no, no. <laughs> you make me feel <laughs> no, lazy no, 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 no you know awesome it's a story just from like starting in university what yeah. you've done at the beginning of uh that time to yeah. now it's i'm it's genuinely cool. impressed yeah. every time i talk to you, oh, thank you. No. yeah but yeah so basically what ended up happening was obviously even in high school like i was always kind of like a business-minded kid like always just little side things i could find sell it like type of idea I was what always, were you I selling was, in high school 
honestly like any little things like anything yeah, illegal <laughs> no 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 it was, no no but like and it was like little things right like even to the point where like my dad had like rental properties right and some i swear like one time a couple of tenants left like a bunch of spare tires at the property and they moved out and so he's like hey you could take these and some and to me that was like crazy right yeah, like, so let's I go. Took, right drove all the way downtown hamilton started trying to pawn these off to people just stuff like that just on the road like on the side of well like there's like you find ended up doing this a decent route we ended up you end up finding like tire shops basically that resell used tires so mm-hmm. then i'd bring it to them so i'll try to sell it to them type idea yeah. but yeah so just little little stuff like that in like high school and then university came and then obviously university is like it's expensive right and so my parents did the catastrophe they pay for all my tuition um but obviously you have to pay for like room and board and stuff like that it was kind of like a our agreement to split mm-hmm. and uh so then i was like okay like i gotta make sure i have enough money obviously to like survive and i was just to me i was just wanted i was always just kind of like a business-minded kid so the university started obviously trying to figure out some uh stuff that i could do just to make some extra money um and then, yeah, I, I kind of just started doing little things on the side there. And then eventually, obviously, the summer of first year, I went into um, when met, I obviously met Dave probably the year before. I think everyone knows that story, but then I started working for. Uh, Did you just skip over the part where you were filling a bunch of properties? No, okay, uh, that comes cool. next. No, no, yeah, that comes next. No, no. And then, uh, so yeah, then I met Dave that summer and then started working at, uh, it was like, it was Butler Mortgages at the time, now BM Select. And um, I was just kind of in the office there, just doing the odd job. And I was like literally a first year. And then at that point, I remember I was talking to an investor because we used to do a lot of credit checks for people. And they were telling us about how they were having trouble renting their houses and stuff like that. And again, like my parents, no story. they were investors. I've filled properties with them since I was like small. My parents would always bring me and stuff like that. So I kind of had a good idea of how to do it. And they were complaining how hard it was. And I thought that's not that, like I could probably do that. doesn't seem that difficult. Yeah. So then I ended up, I'll say, okay, that's going to be like my little business. I'm going to try that. And so like every, obviously I'd work during the day and every night I'd go home and I made this like script basically like of, Hey, here's, I'm Lorenzo. I've been doing this for a very long time. Just kind of like a big sales <laughs> pitch thing. And I went on Kijiji and then emailed back. So like people post their listings mm-hmm. and I just, and Kijiji was really big for rental properties at the time. That was like the biggest site. Yeah. And I just responded to literally like, it might've been like 5,000 times. I guess I was really doing it for like eight hours a night, like just clicking the button. Like, been okay, so there. that's how you got landlords to know that you would fill their yeah I was so i'd respond to their ads that. okay i've gotten yeah. a few of those from property managers and yeah. stuff on my ads where they're trying to like get my business yeah they see small-time landlords yeah. trying to fill their property on facebook marketplace exactly whatever. yeah so and that's honest i didn't know why i thought to do that i just was like this to me makes logic like so how else am I going to get yeah, a hold of them, sure. right? So then, and then literally, like, it must have been, like, two, three weeks of literally every night just hitting send. And I just, honestly, I wasn't even, like, realizing that no one was responding to me. I was just so busy hitting send. I didn't even, like, notice that. No, <laughs> nothing was coming sticking back. it out that long. Yeah, but it was, it was, I didn't even notice it, to be honest. And I ended up being, like, maybe two and a half weeks later, I randomly, I was like, okay, just kept heading send all day. I just didn't even notice And so anything. at this point, are you living in Guelph? Uh, I was in Guelph and at home, like I was, okay, yeah, yeah. I was a student at and that were point. And were you, is, are you filling properties anywhere or? Yeah. So I started in the summer. So I was at home. Okay. So I kind of set the Gijiji location, like Hamilton, St. Catharines yep. at first, just to like, see what would happen. And, uh, so then, yeah, two weeks later I got some guy called me and he's like, Hey, I got a student rental in Brock. Um, I'm having trouble filling it. Like you like, kind of went out, met him. And then that was my first one. Mm-hmm. And I was able to fill that obviously. And then from there, he ended up having an uncle who had a property and then it just literally started snowballing. From that. Yeah. I kept doing the emails every night still for a bit. And then eventually after like a month, I just, I couldn't even do emails cause ended up just the word of so mouth started demand. growing. Yeah. And then, uh, 
yeah, so I kind of started doing that and it was just by myself at first off, just one property fill, move on to the next type of idea. And then obviously I started getting some bigger clients like property managers and stuff like that. I would do it like they would outsource it to me and then had to hire a couple people to keep up with it. Who did you hire at that point? It was honestly like it, it, it was friends. Yeah. Yeah. It was started off rough. Like I'd hire like literally anybody. Yeah. Like, okay. One yeah. of my friends would be like, oh, like, like, what are you doing now? And I'd be like this. And then like, they need a job. I'm like, perfect. Get in here. Yeah, and then yeah. just throw them in. And sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it'd be good. And then you have to like, be like, hey, it's working out. Like, totally. Right. So then, yeah, it was just literally anybody you could find. Like I went to Guelph too. So then there was a lot of kids in like, they have a real estate program at Guelph. So a lot of kids that want to be maybe real estate agents or want to be in real estate. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, I knew a bunch of those kids. So I was like, Hey guys, like, this is what I'm doing. Like they asked me like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Cause I was always kind of like just different. I was never the one to be like, just kind of, Hey guys, here's like, what's, what's going on. Yep. I didn't have the normal, like everyone got a job in Toronto or stuff like that. So everyone was just kind of curious of what I was doing. So then I was like, this is what it is. And, uh, so I take a lot of those kids cause they were interested in it at first. Um, and then, yeah, I, don't, I never had like a crazy amount of like people. It was always like probably like two or three. But at still at that age to be doing something like that's pretty yeah, cool. It was, it was cool. Yeah. So did that for it for sure. You learned a lot. Just, oh, tons, tons. You, and, oh my God. You get such crazy. good real estate experience. Oh, it's crazy. Like, and even, like, even dealing with people, like dealing from like the investor side to like of the, of the actual landlord. Cause sometimes they're like brand new landlords don't even know what's going on. Sometimes they're experienced, like, you know what I mean? From that, just to the crazy tens, like 90% of these properties, once I got pretty big, were like downtown Hamilton, like they weren't the best area. And it wasn't like houses. It was like apartment units. Units. Yeah. yeah it was like, literally like they'd give me like, here's 15 units in this property. I need in this like building to fill. And you're not getting the best quality tenant there. The property right? feels like inherently stressful on either side. If you're the yeah. tenant looking for a place to move, yep. you're like stressing out about it. Yep. Maybe your landlord just sold the house. Yep. You've got two months to, to find a place. Of course. It's just stressful. They're trying to manage their life. And then on the landlord side, they have all these carrying costs yeah. for their you want to get that thing. And, they and they're like, what's out. going yeah. on? What's going on? Yeah. You start questioning the big investment. You just, you know, yep. put like all your life savings to buy this property and nobody wants to rent it out. Yeah. It's just very stressful. Yeah, and the other thing too was like finding the right one. Cause I'd have some people like, and I was, I honestly, to me, I was like, I always thought of it like, was, was my place. My parents like, you don't want to put someone terrible in there. And I would yeah. tell people like, wait the extra month to fill it versus getting someone that you're not sure 100%. for. And now you're seven months in trying to kick them out. Because mm -hmm. me and Anthony have a good a story about someone that we, uh, we didn't um, let sign the lease in London. Yeah. yeah. We could talk about that. Uh, hey, what happened? This was the worst uh, that I've seen. Uh, so I've, I've been filling properties the past year and uh, I was like, oh, I could do London if, if Aiden helps me out. So yeah, I had I a friend. Like, for sure, yeah. Yeah, a friend of a friend who bought a place in London. Really impressive girl, Jackie. She just joined Rockstar. She, she's, I think, she's my age. She's 26, 27. Yeah. She bought a place by herself. She's a nurse. Uh, she wanted to rent it out. She asked if I could help her. And Aiden was going to school in Western. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. let's do it. So Aiden was doing showings for me. We did, uh, Aiden, we yeah. have a whole pre-screening process in place. He's yeah. in Google Forms and stuff to pre-qualify all of our Everything tenants. Everything was looking good. Everything looked good. The guy passed the test. He made it to the yeah, showing. So I, I met him um, Yeah, at the condo. Seemed like a completely normal guy. He was there with his girlfriend. Um, he sent, so then later that night he sent all of first and last month's, uh, rent, which was a little bit, I told weird. Aiden, I'm like, dude, Before you broke the record. I'm like, yeah. you got yeah. first and last. <laughs> yeah. I've so, only ever got last. Yeah. So, you know, I tell Anthony this, I'm like, I don't, yeah, I think this is amazing. Yeah. What's, what's happening? We got all this money up front already. Um, yeah. so then we're like, okay, we'll run the background checks. And then I think I get a text or call from Anthony and he's like, dude, this guy was like a jail escapee. I think he, we know, ran a single key report and it runs a criminal background. Yeah. 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 And uh, the credit wasn't the best, so it, we wouldn't have taken it anyways. But I'm just scrolling down, looking at the rest of the report. 
And then all of a sudden I see the criminal record check, which I've never seen after doing yeah, dozens yeah. of these things, like just lit up. News articles and stuff. It, it was, was like crazy. prison escapee yeah. at 19. Yeah, oh. firearms, drugs. We like, Google his name. It's it was AK-47. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Cocaine. It was crazy. Yeah, and he yeah. seemed completely normal and everything. He put on a good show. Yeah. <laughs> he had me <laughs> sold, man. Yeah. yeah I was like, That's crazy. Aiden, what happened here? Man? How'd <laughs> this guy make it through? No, yeah. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah. When you That's crazy. Yeah. That was, that was the worst I've seen. Yeah, Other than that, nice. it's, it's yeah. been no, that, that, That's definitely, that's a good story. That's yeah, really crazy. Yeah. 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 The most, none of mine were like, like that crazy. Like obviously you have your crazy stories. Yeah. Like I've definitely had, but in your downtown Hamilton a lot of the time, like especially like five years ago, like definitely four years ago, I guess it would have been. There's definitely like different crowd too. So you think it's kind of gentrified now downtown? Like Yeah, it's gone a lot better. Oh yeah, definitely gone a lot better. There's still some pockets, but like even when I go down there now, I can, you can tell there's like a starting to be a little, like a good difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely changing down there for sure. Yeah. Cool. I find that with same with Brampton. Like I was yeah. just up in Northern Ontario yeah. and, uh, I just came back down to Brampton and the GTA and I was like, wow, it's, it's such a bubble here. Yeah. Like we're so, I don't know, protected here. Like it's, it's, it's just a really nice quality of living down here versus yeah. some of the smaller towns I was driving through in, in Northern Ontario. And, uh, it's crazy. Oh, it's, yeah. You don't realize you don't get that perspective. No, no, not back. at all. Not at all. And you're always stuck inside your own little world and you're just trying to get through your day. Yeah. yeah. So you were filling properties and then what happened with that? Uh, so then, yeah, I was doing that. I did it for about two years, year and a half, two years. And then um, I was I was starting to get toward the end of like university and I uh, wanted to really take, I was like doing, still going back to work with uh, Dave every summer and doing the mortgages. And I really liked that, to be honest, the property fills, it does get tiring after a while because you're just, even like when I was living in Guelph, I literally like have days where once if you had people I work if, like working, it was good and it was like a decent, but then when everyone, eventually everyone would just quit cause it just, they got, it takes a lot of uh drive, I guess, especially in those winter months when it's tougher to fill properties and you have to go three or four times out. And I, uh, people are like trying to get like a lot, a lot of people quit on me. So I'd have to do all of them by myself at that point. Mm -hmm. Those drives from like Guelph to like downtown, every, downtown Hamilton every day or Guelph to St. Catharines, I was still living there going to school. Yeah. Those got tiring after a while. So then I was just like, it's, and I want to honestly just take them. Like I could have kept doing it probably, but I just wanted to take the mortgage like really seriously. I want to do that full time. So I ended up, uh, just, I ended up having a decent client base, like a pretty good one. There was a lot of residual business because of the, uh, I had some like big, either, I had a couple of investors that owned like a hundred properties. Like one guy owned like a hundred, one guy owned like a couple hundred. Holy. Yeah. And like, yeah, these are just like big time guys that I'm getting connected to. And then I had a, one or two property management companies as well that were outsourcing it to me. Mm -hmm. So it was all ended up being like those each were like five houses a month, seven houses. Like there was definitely like a residual income there a bit. So I was able to kind of sell it just for, uh, just for a little bit and just sell it off. And then, uh, Got a little bit of money, which which was great, and then ended up buying my first property too. Based in that time, I don't think it was right before it's a little after. But so you flipped that. the this the proceeds from that. I time. can't remember if it was in that time frame. I don't remember if I did it before and then bought the house or sold and then bought. It was like some in that, but it was in that. Okay, kind but of, before we get to that part, I yes. just wanted to uh, say you were playing university soccer. Yeah, right? yeah. So Bring was, all this as well, right? Yeah. So the first two years, like I, when I went to Guelph, one of the reasons I went was for soccer. Like so, I was yeah, I played soccer first year, second year, and then. By the end of second year, like that's like the business started getting really busy, yeah. and I just I there was no way I could do all three anymore. So in the end of second year, I, I was gonna say that's a yeah. you're no, busy with all three at once. Yeah. That's a lot going on. Yeah, okay, like that yeah. second year, I was doing literally all three for the whole year, and that was just like it was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it just it got to, it got to a point. Like even when like that school year finished, I just I was like, yeah, I don't think, and I really it was tough because I really like I yeah 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 soccer and stuff, but. Yeah, that was, I was like, there's no way I keep doing this. Like, that was nuts. Mm -hmm. So right. then now you're in third or fourth year when you purchased this first property? Yeah, it was, it was my, uh, 
I think it was the, either the very end of third year, beginning, or no, it would have been beginning of fourth year, I guess. And what was your decision? I guess I know your dad obviously is realistic. Yeah, he's honestly just pushing me. Like, obviously, like, I was like, I would tell him about everything that I was doing there, and I obviously saved up a, like, a good chunk. And of I guess like, now you good. saw a lot of this happening. You were filling properties. Yeah, exactly. mortgages, So you're familiar with a yeah. lot of this and, happening. And, like, I, I might have been, like, I, even right from, like, high school, I always knew I wanted to buy properties. Like, I just, I watched my parents do, my dad do all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I want, this is something I, I want to do, too. And I always knew that. And then from, uh, and then literally, yeah, right, probably fourth year, I think it was, yeah, would have been right literally the first week of fourth year or something like that. I ended up, my, I saved a bunch of money. My dad was like, hey, go buy the house now. He was like one kind of like pushing me basically because I was cool. like, I was just busy and I was like, and honestly, you don't even realize, like pick your head up and realize like, oh, I can do that now. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. Or have the down payment even. Um, so yeah, then obviously he like, I'm like, oh, okay, sure. And then I ended up knowing a guy that was doing, uh, doing flips. It was basically taking single family homes, converting them to second suites and then selling them. So I called him. I said, Hey man, do you have any like, cause I was filling properties for him. Cause he wanted to rent them up before he'd sell them. And I was like, Hey, like I'm looking to buy one now. Do you have anything ready? He's like, actually I do. Went, saw it, bought it. And then that was, where kinda, was this one? This one's St. Catharines. Okay. Yeah. So it's a duplex in St. Catharines, bought that and then kind of started just, and that was like my first house basically. Mm -hmm. So what do you like about mortgages? Cause I can tell you really like it. Yeah. Talking to Zanzini and yep. uh, Dan Patton and, and Dave Butler, like I can tell you guys just love it. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, yeah. And yeah. to work as much as you guys do and be, you know, yeah. so, so yeah, like uh, it's two months solid. ago or something or whatever. I closed on my last property. You called me at like eight 30 at night yeah, that's, yeah, that's, and I'm like an early morning guy. I was yeah. like getting ready for bed. Yeah. You guys I must enjoy early. what you're doing to be doing. And I was like, dude, why are you calling problem? me? Are you still working? <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. We, we're kind of working a little opposite too. Like usually before nine's like tough cause we work so late. Like we'll go to like, like definitely like late hours, but, uh, yeah, definitely. So we, I do, we do like, it's weird too. You don't usually find a ton of people that just love mortgages. So what's so exciting about it? Honestly, for me, it's just getting, being able to like get someone approved like, to me. Like I actually like really enjoy, like someone comes to us with like, basically, Hey, listen, like, here's what I have. And I want to buy properties. I want to build a portfolio. And to me being able to kind of help facilitate, like now it's not just the realtor. There's a lawyer. There's too many, too many people in the, so that's a big, people. the mortgage is a massive yeah, but role. Being in able that. to kind of yeah. be like, like a key role in the process of being able to help someone in like, you're kind of, to be honest, the more as the mortgage person, you're the plan, but planner almost essentially the realtor is going to go find you the house, do the tenant. Like they'll help you with all only that. Only if you get an approval. Only if you get an approval. Yeah. Right. So just being able to kind of help plan for someone and actually say, Hey, here's a plan. And then being able to actually execute on it too. So they're like, wow, this guy gave me a plan and was ended up able to like do the plan. Like that to me is like really, really exciting. So I like, like that part of it. Um, dealing with the banks too, is just, it's, it's crazy. As crazy as, but you also learn a ton. So I'm kind of like, oh, it's, it's kind of cool learning, like kind of how they think they operate. And to me, I think even if like in anything, like I kind of gives me perspective on how like big corporation stuff look at different things that are happening. What are some of the big takeaways from that? Like, like honestly, it's just a lot of it's like being able to understand like, hey, when stuff happens in the market, like here's why, here's how the bank's looking at it, right? Because to be able to like, obviously everyone wants to like, obviously they have the banks suck like and yeah absolutely like we have definitely everyone's it's, got it's their, easy to bank bash. it's easy to bank bash right which is then most of it's fair to be honest but it's also being able to kind of like because you can bank bash all day they're not going to change right so it's like you know what I mean? we could talk as much shit as we want they're not going to like nothing's going to happen yeah so. and at the end of the day you have to be grateful they're giving yeah, you hundreds it, of thousands it, yeah, exactly. of dollars to buy properties Completely. that yeah. are going to change your life yeah so the way like we kind of look at is being able to see from their lens like how they're viewing it and then they'll say, okay, so this is how the bank's looking at stuff. Now, this is now how we're going to position ourselves to help kind of fit in their mold, right? It's better than just saying, yeah, but they suck. Well, that's not going to help anybody, right? No. You're still not going to get them worried. So being able to kind of understand basically, hey, here's what's going on in the market or here's what they're looking at with interest rates or here's the way they're looking at these certain types of deals now, for example. How do we pivot and make sure we can still make everything work? 
right? So that, that part's pretty exciting. That kind of gives you like perspective as well, being, being able to pivot when they come up with rule changes and stuff like that. That's fantastic. Um, then honestly, just the guys, like we have a really good, like obviously like the four of us, we have like another guy, Marco, obviously that one of my buddies that came worked with us. We have a great team. So that part's really fun every day too, just being able to like work with pretty much. Yeah, we know some of your crew and you guys do have an awesome crew and I'm yeah. sure that helps a lot being it's, able yeah, to work huge. with those guys every day. Huge, yeah, it's fantastic. Even uh, you guys are all working remotely. Like yeah, you still we're, get that connection. Yeah, you still get that connection. We're on Zoom all the time. How are you guys like, liking that? I, I like it most. Yeah. And honestly, our staff, I could, like you're pretty safely say they're really happy with it too. And it's honestly, we've been able to find talent like in like skilled under people that we would never have been able to get if we were in the office to like, we have employees that live in Welland, live up North. We've had people live in weird places. Totally. You guys are all spread out now. Most of the time in Ontario. So we haven't had like anyone like, yeah, I'm moving to BC or something. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to happen, which is completely fine. Um, but yeah, we have people that would never be able to work together if we were in the office. Yeah. Right. If you're downtown Toronto to Welland, like no one's, making that commute to where they yeah. miss a every day right so yeah that that part is really fantastic it just it opens up who you can hire basically completely right? yeah, and we, you've been you've been able to manage and you know be in communication easily with everyone yeah with zoom's on, huge yeah right so we literally like i have like my own zoom room basically every day and then so all the underwriters essentially it'll have times when basically you gotta come see come see me at xyz time or anything like we have big things we're all together on zoom all day and then just to keep that in person we always have the uh in like our like we have like every couple months we do like a team thing right just to make sure everyone gets together um but yeah everyone pretty much likes it honestly the driving too it's like that commute when it's cut down to zero. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic, yeah. right? Like, you're just so much more productive during Especially the day. Especially with traffic now, like oh, it is. huge. Totally. Huge. And, and our clients, like, most of the time, like, they don't want to meet with us anyway, right? Like, they're just call me or zoom me they, they love the zooms like a lot of clients we notice love zooms and we love actually like i like it better to be honest with you when i get to zoom a client versus a phone call it's a lot easier to explain stuff um because i can just show them hey here's what i'm looking at right mm-hmm. are you um, still able to uh pop into dave's cottage for some work day? yeah yeah definitely be doing that yeah <laughs> absolutely you still do that so awesome. that's the other thing too you can work from pretty much anywhere right yeah. so even for example like last year i was like last october went on vacation with a bunch of my friends but like i still worked all like nothing kind of went off right like nothing went differently the work day will still be able to be pretty similar so there wasn't uh it's just one of those things cool that you know you can work from here like we even have a couple bro- like another agent that works like under uh he has his own branch but he works like yep. under a team and he's uh he just moved to barbados as soon as covid hit, he just got up moved to barbados lives there part-time now and he's, he's doing great his business like just big it got bigger yeah right so um, it's just something you can do you can do remote yeah yeah you don't find that dangerous, like that you can work from anywhere at any time. Like if you are on vacation with your friends and it depends on the person, right? Like in our office, like obviously if it's for someone like me or Mike, like it's different, obviously like just, we have stuff to do. So even if I'm going away, I got to do it. Right. But, um, yeah, if we have like a regular like employee, that's like, Hey, I'm going on vacation. I can still do stuff. Obviously. Yeah, definitely a little, so we got to be careful. Most of our people don't actually work from like anywhere. Cause we have desktops. So they're not like we give them a desktop computer. That's all yeah, yeah, locked yeah. up and stuff like that. So they can't actually technically go anywhere. But even the people like we have, like if you're trying like uh, kind of look to people like being able to like, hey, they're at home, like slack off. Like in our business, like you'll get outed within the first week. Yeah. Like yeah, I'll so be you're able, able to recognize that. Fast. Yeah. And we have like a lot of we have we we're pretty on top of everybody to the point where within about a week, I'll be able to know either a because I'm watching that you're doing nothing. B, because I can see your output every day. We have that all tracked. And then C, a client's going to eventually call and say, hey, I haven't been able to get a hold of this. You'll hear something. Yeah. Yeah, And it's it's never going to go like, I'll be like, we've had it once or twice and it's never gone past a week. And then that person's like, obviously we deal with it really quickly and then kind of move on. But honestly, we, we ended up hiring too a ton of like students basically out of school. And those ones have been the best. Like they've, I think everyone got used to do a lot of those kids too were like used to like COVID learning anyway. Yeah, online. Yeah, so Any school like, in particular? 
Uh, no, we kind of went pretty much across the board. We have a couple, like, Ryerson ended up being, like, a bigger school. It just came to us more so in a sense that we went to every school to kind of try to hire. And, and how did you do that? You were going to the schools? No, it was all Zoom, too. It was okay, literally, yeah, like, yeah it, was, it was crazy. It was literally, Big Zoom guys. Yeah, yeah. the Zoom. But, yeah, they had, like, the uh, career fairs were all Zoom-based. Like really? Yeah, so, like, when we reach out to the schools, said, hey, we're looking to do, like, join your career fair. But, yeah, the Zooms this day. Do you have to pay to? to yeah, there was, de- there was, like, yeah, a little, little definitely costs associated with it and stuff. But it was it definitely, I would say it's worth it. Definitely 100% worth it for us we ended up getting some really really good people that we hope kind of we can grow that's awesome why do you think that is just young and hungry yeah yeah honestly like and our best our best employees that we've ever had have been like the young hungry like don't know anything about anything basically just we get to like teach them right like look how i came in basically learn right from dave and then i had a buddy marco that came in learned from me yeah you guys are doing stuff i feel like the mike mike's another one right like he literally came in dan even like when you learned from dave like 20 years ago right Uh like it's people who knew nothing we have a couple people like they've always been our best staff we had people we've hired from other brokerages and or other banks and stuff like that and they're good too like they're not nothing wrong necessarily but these ones are just way better Mm. and i feel like for students coming out of university are still you know working in the summer for you guys in in university it's cool that you they're doing stuff right away because i feel like a lot of co-ops and you know sometimes jobs you can get through schools and universities you're not hundred percent. You're maybe working for some big corp, but you're not really doing much or seeing much. Hundred. And I think with you, with you guys, they are absolutely is super valuable. Hundred percent. I've even asked them. I'm like, what are you guys friends doing this summer? And they're like, yeah, this guy works here, but he's doing not like they don't even know like they're anyone doing like real yeah. stuff. And yeah. these guys are after basically like a six a six week like big training with them it was kind of like our own little like university program we called it. Um, but yeah, we did a big training and after that, they, they're like dealing with day-to-day stuff like that a normal employee would deal with, cool. right? And they're like, right, like none of our friends are doing stuff like this. And it's actually crazy. You would think some like people have that kind of concept of like younger kids, like younger students or kids or like Gen, I guess, Z, I don't know, whatever it is that Never they don't, they don't want to do any work. Well, these get these guys are like no, this is sick. Like I get to do stuff. My friends aren't doing anything all day. They're bored. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's kind of like it's kind of cool. Well, that I hear some of that stuff with that my friends there. too, and I just yeah. feel like it's awesome that I'm here, being able to do stuff, seeing 100%. so many different things, talking with you guys here today. Like, yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Even, and valuable. Yeah, you don't have to be like you. Like you came in, you're like, yeah, I want to, I want to yeah, start yeah. working, right? So there's people out there like that, hundred percent. Yeah, I remember when I worked at Pepsi, I was uh, on a big double forklift. So yeah, two yeah. forks come yeah. out and take two pallets off yeah. or whatever, and I was running the lines at Pepsi. And so big pallets of pop would come up and I'd, I'd drive up, pick up the things and then stack them in the warehouse. And then as we got shipments, other drivers would come get the stacks, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, there was one, like I was just on this slow line. It was line two at uh, Pepsi in Mississauga and line two is just like notorious or always breaking down, being slow. So it's like the slack line. Okay. Yeah. So I was loving it. Cause I just was so over Pepsi yeah, in that yeah. warehouse at that time. And I was just kind of hanging out, but I was just miserable. And I was kind of hidden in between like pallets, like rows of, of pop. <laughs> And this guy drives by and he saw me and he's like, oh man, like you look miserable. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm just wasting my life away. I'm just sitting here like doing nothing. This isn't the skill I want to build, you know, stacking yeah. up cases of pot. I'm like, I just don't want to be here. And he's like, he's like, well, you're doing nothing. Like, aren't you happy? Like, don't you want a job yeah. where you just do nothing? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, yeah. you do like your entire life. You just want to do nothing. Yeah. Eventually you need a purpose, right? You need something to like push you. That's what I think, right? Everyone needs something like that's like push them, challenge them. Like you need something like where your brain's like switched on. Like you're like, oh my God got to figure something out yeah it's got to be a challenge yeah it's got to kind of push you like, yeah, you want to see limit. the steps of growth yeah 100 like. yeah if you don't have that it's just like you're just waiting to die <laughs> yeah. like it sounds you, drastic yeah what are you doing though seriously yeah. what like, are you doing yeah especially especially when you're like younger i guess when you're older like if you've obviously got yourself set up and stuff absolutely that's when you kind of take it off but 
like yeah at our point like if you're just doing nothing right now like okay like i guess it's up to that person but yeah it's tough yeah doing nothing is great sometimes yeah. when you've been doing a lot yeah because then it's like okay you get and to sometimes you need yeah, those exactly. moments a week is like good but yeah, yeah. Like, even you me, need like, that like two three days after i'm like okay like i'm getting like really antsy now like, i'm just kind of like that too or just i like, get antsy quickly but yeah like some people like you just get antsy after a while and that's fine if you get that week off everyone 100 you need that but yeah people are like they only do a week on the rest of the time's off it's kind of like yeah you gotta switch it. yeah it's just not like a fun way to live yeah. it's just empty i don't know i could probably do a month on a beach right yeah, now and absolutely. Then, but then after that i'm like all right yeah let's, let's you know 100 percent make sure. some action make some things happen yeah, exactly yeah. so you just bought um a place for yourself yes okay. yeah so yeah i was just ended up being time for that i was like okay i guess we're, we're here now i got time to move out congrats um, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah congrats thank you yes yes and and a pre-construction for the future yeah so then the pre-construction i had a good buddy i was telling you guys i had a good buddy of mine that his uh his uncle owns like a owns construction company and they're doing a bunch of townhomes and uh so he just like hey like, do you want one and i was like yeah absolutely so so obviously it ended up working out really well. It's not going to close for like a while. So I was like, yeah, like absolutely. Just let's see what happens. Yeah. What are the people around you saying? Because at 23, I'm guessing you're getting people like, what the heck is Lorenzo up to? Yeah, I get, get people like that. I keep honestly, like I have like a really good circle, like friends and stuff like that. So I don't really like talk to like a thousand people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, they're like everyone's just kind of like everyone's, I guess I'm not that everyone's used to it, but uh. Just like kind of yeah, that's Lorenzo. He just does his own thing, type of thing, right? Is anyone interested? Are you? Are yeah, I got some friends. Yeah, I got some friends interested. Some friends just kind of like it. Just depends on who who it is. Some friends are really interested. Like for example, like Marco. Like I was doing stuff. Like he would always like he works with us now. Like we always. Did oh, stuff so together. he was one of your friends. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, one of my awesome. he's like one of my best friends. Yeah, oh, so awesome. he ended up coming, but like, stuff, stuff like we had stuff like that. Um, somebody's just yeah, they're interested. Some people just they know what like I, a lot of a lot of my friends do really cool things. So like they're just kind of everyone's doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of I kind of also just keep myself a little bit in a sense or just uh, like I just do my own thing kind of I've been honestly I work so much to the point I don't even like sometimes I'm just like so like yeah, you don't even know what's going on I don't on even know what's else. going on well yeah, you wake up in the morning and you just have like a packed day ahead of you yeah exactly I gotta get this done this done this yeah. done, this done yeah so like every day kind of bleeds into the next which honestly I don't mind but it's just it's all so I don't even notice if, if people even do notice or not I'm just kind of like I'm just gotta get through my day through the next week you know what I mean just kind of keep going day by day I know I wanted to ask because I know Anthony has some daily routines he likes to cover some morning routine stuff do you have any of that stuff like set in place or not, just- not really? I like I work, I try to work out like most mornings or some mornings. So I started like doing boxing and stuff like that oh, with Dave, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I do that like probably like two to three times a week. Um, other than that, not necessarily like most of the time are, I wake up, you guys at a boxing gym or you just like, no, he's got like a crazy gym in his just house. Hitting yeah. each other. In no, the yeah. <laughs> no, he's got a crazy gym in his house. So like sometimes I'll go by there early and was like, a Dave wakes up by. and you're at his door. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally like I'll go in before they wake up sometimes start boxing early. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I, yeah, I go in there. Sometimes I'll box in the morning and then start my day. If not, I usually just wake up and then the first, and maybe it's, I probably this isn't even good to be honest with you. Like I know I've just got like a good morning routine. I just, at this point don't really have one i just wake up start working right away yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like the first thing and this probably is not good again but the first thing i do is like check my phone start answering email i feel like everyone's different too though, yeah. the way they they handle the yeah i'd love to have one to be honest with you it's just sometimes too and it, it's weird like when you if you work like a super late night it's really like like when i'm like say super late if you work like three in the morning four in the morning it's tough to wake up at like oh, yeah. 7 30 the next day and be like yeah like i'm ready yeah yeah <laughs> you right. know you what can. I mean? you sometimes can. the yeah. best morning routine is yeah. sleep yeah exactly <laughs> some days are like holy yeah, yeah, yeah i'll just like sleep right till like 8 45 just to like get that like extra four yeah minutes, it's right? so important especially yeah, you getting up to it. like three four yeah four, exactly four. exactly so it's yeah not necessarily crazy morning 
morning routine. Like again, sometimes I'll, I'll work out, but other than that, nothing crazy really. It's just mostly. What about you guys? Anthony, I feel like you should cover maybe a little bit of what you started because it's pretty interesting to me. And yeah, so I got into waking up early, probably like the past year. That's waking it. up at five a.m. and stuff. No way. Yeah, so five a.m. start uh, during the weekdays at least. Yeah. Uh, and I was commuting from Brampton before, mm-hmm. so I was. I just hated the morning commute. It was like 45 minutes to an hour if there was an accident. So what I found is if I got up at 5 a.m., I could make it to the office, work on my own kind of personal stuff, yeah. property stuff. I've been doing a bunch of property fills. I could take care of all that stuff before like my workday starts, yeah. uh, 9 to 5. And I found that I'd be locked into going to the gym because I'd wake up and I'd have like bed head. Like I haven't showered. I haven't like I'm Perfect time. wearing my sweatpants. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, okay, I'm in Oakville. I'm stranded. I got to look somewhat decent for the office. So I got to go to the gym. I got to work out. So I found it locked me into that routine. Uh, but then what I wanted to do was kind of prioritize just doing rockstar stuff early in the morning and getting off earlier. So what I started doing probably about a month ago uh, is I'll wake up at 4.30, I'll come in to the office wow. and I'll work five to seven here at the office. I haven't done this for the past two weeks because I just moved to Oakville, it's yeah, just yeah. too much, but um, getting back to it next week. So I'll work uh, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. and then I'll go from to the gym from about 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. and then work 9 a.m. to about three. Get off at three, go home, cook dinner, relax, do whatever, yeah. relax, do whatever I need to do for the night. Yeah. But I've just found like it locks me into all these good routines and it sets up 100%. that accountability because now it's expected. Okay, I'm supposed to be here at 5 a.m. And you're the guy that shows up at 5 a.m. now, so you have to be here. Yeah, I'm yeah, supposed absolutely. to. Yeah, and now 100%. I'm saying it publicly that's, on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, so yeah. someone, that's feel it. free someone to come up to me and call me out, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's amazing. So it's when I can stick to it, it's just incredible because by 9 a.m., I've already worked two hours. I've gone to the gym. I've stretched out. I've hit the sauna. Like, I love my sauna routine. Feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Good, good life recovery right. room. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Take a cold shower after the sauna yeah, and you yeah. come in 9 a.m., you're fresh. Yeah. Like you're awake. And most people are just like groggy at that time. That used to be 100%. me for so long. And I was never a morning person. But the the day that I, you know, woke up early 5 a.m., managed to actually get out of bed because there's so many times where I've just slept yeah. through my alarms, hit snooze. The day I did it, I just felt incredible. I was like, this is like the, the way I want to No, the live times you life. can do it, it's amazing. Even like when I work when I work out first before the day starts, like I'm like, oh, this is like way better. Way better. 100%, yeah. Because yeah. like especially doing the sauna and cold shower after too, like you're like wired after you're that. wired, yeah. You're just oh, yeah. alive. A couple coffee, yeah, do some exactly. intermittent fasting, yeah. eat lunch. It's yeah. just like this amazing routine. And now being in Oakville and there's a good life right across the street here from our office. Yeah. yeah. Um super handy. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Having the gym right there and stuff. And then I so I just moved to Oakville because it was just the commute. I was like, yeah. so many things in my life would improve. And I listed them out if I just shortened my commute. If I lived in Oakville, if I had my own place, my own privacy, you know what I mean? Yep. Like everything in my life would improve from that one move. 100%. Like commute's huge. Like even if we were to stay into the office, I probably would have moved closer to it. Just because having that like 45 minute to an hour commute, that's like killer. That's a that's, huge that's chunk one of way, the day, right? yeah. So that, that's killer. And that's like, that's two hours a day. You're never going to get back really, right? Yeah. So. And I would try to make the best of it. I would yeah. listen to podcasts. Yeah, I would do audiobooks. I would yep. make phone calls to my family. So I would make the, the best of that time. Yeah, but, but there are some days where you like, you just get home and you're yeah. just like, spent yeah. especially traffic. gta traffic oh yeah just the stop and go like the brampton 410 anyone who drives to brampton at night knows <laughs> that 410 is hell yeah. it's just it's the bottleneck yeah right yeah, yeah absolutely yeah no, it's definitely and you want to get somewhere later maybe the one that you have plans and you're like damn i gotta leave the office like 3 30 just to make it home for six like yeah oh yeah you said that uh you didn't think that working right away was the best routine but i actually think that's i mean like they say not to check emails text yeah. messages, all that type of stuff but that's literally your line of work like you don't you have to do that right yeah, honestly, just in the mornings I wake up and I actually like 
I always check my email first thing, like literally like, as I wake up, the first thing I do is just check my phone. And I've seen a lot of people say it's not good for you, but we're here now. So like it is yeah. what it is. I can't not do but it. But for you, is that not like your to-do list for the day? It's like, okay. Here. Yeah, a little bit. I kind of preset my to-do list for the day the night before. So I'll book like all any meetings. I have like stats. So I always have that make sure the night before. So the morning waking up is more so people who have emailed me overnight or something like that or stuff that I didn't get to. Like maybe like they emailed me like midnight or something like that. And I just was dealing with other stuff. Um, then I'll just respond to all that first thing, try to get back to as many people as possible. And then, uh, and yeah, so you don't really have to necessarily, like you could probably start nine. Just to me, I just, I don't want to get that. If I start doing that stuff at nine, then I'm way behind. Yeah. Like I'm already behind with the day. So I try to do that for the first like half hour, just kind of get my bearings, get caught up a little bit. And then, uh, if I can get the workout in fantastic and then just start the day. Yeah. I think that's good though. Like yeah. you, you start tackling your work right away. Yeah. Like yeah when you have the most energy. Yeah. That's true too. Absolutely. Any day where I kind of delay doing work, like weekend days, yeah. stuff to do. I delay, delay, delay. It's like, I have no motivation to do it. I have no energy. Yeah. I on. agree. The morning time seems to be the best, even for me just to get stuff done when I need to be done. Even sometimes after lunch here, I feel like less, I'm just less motivated and less yeah. locked in to what I have to be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. When I, when I asked Tom and Nick, if I could do the early morning routine and stuff, I put together together like a document kind of selling the idea to them and i knew they'd be all right with it uh because they're morning guys yeah. and stuff and they understand that but I, I literally searched up like energy graphs of people during the day and yeah. it show like morning time it spikes and then just that afternoon dip no matter how healthy you eat no matter what you yeah. eat at lunch i just find that afternoon dip is like natural so i showed them those graphs and i'm like look i'm getting off at 3 p.m right <laughs> when that dip yeah. starts like this is more productive yeah yeah and i like, think, yeah, I, think I gotta try again the um morning gym sessions because i've been going i go like four times a week probably after so i'm off at five and i'm there maybe at like 5 15 and um if anyone knows the gym that's the worst time to be going because yeah. it's completely packed yeah so yeah no i definitely go to uh that takes a lot of like pushing yourself to go after five o'clock yeah yeah no good, like, good for you for being able to do yeah. that that's a big push yeah it yeah. helps when i have some friends there and stuff yeah. too but um and at school one of my roommates is like super into the gym so yeah. that's kind of what got me into it um yeah. and if it wasn't for him i don't even know if i'd be going this much so I'm fortunate about that. That's the thing. It actually takes more willpower. Yeah. When you yeah. go at night. Yeah. As opposed to waking up early. Like it takes that initial bit of willpower, but yeah. if you can just close the, you know, don't think, just act, get out of bed, put yep. your shoes on, make a coffee, whatever. No, it definitely is harder. There's some days where I'm like, okay, I'm going home to eat dinner. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? But at school, it's one of my favorite parts of the day. Cause we all go together and I'm like yeah. looking forward to that. Cause it's like all four or five of us going and, uh, that's awesome. But yeah, no, I got to start trying reattempting to, uh, to do that in the morning. Nice. Yeah. And you're going into fourth year, right? Third. Third. You're going into third. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah, third. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good, but. Nice. And you're getting ready to buy your first property. I am. Yep. Yep. In the next couple of months, I'm waiting to see uh, a little bit of information if that comes out about a condo here in Oakville. Um, and then depending on what they say, um, I'll see what, uh, what I do. But yeah, I'm hoping before the end of this year. I'll uh, get the first property. And this is just your nice. down payment would just be from your entire life savings, pretty much. Yeah, I'm fortunate that my dad, I've been with him going up. So I've been saving for this forever. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been saving for my first down payment for a long time. I do have some money in Bitcoin. And obviously right now it's a little bit down. So that uh, that's made things a little bit more difficult. But um, If yeah. it was up, do you think you'd cash out to get the property? Um, It's so hard because I love Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, but no, I need to get this first property done. So yeah, even now I'm going to have to cash some of it out. Even for yourself to live in, right? Cause you're thinking when you're done school. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm thinking maybe the Oakville condo, because I can use it as a rental for now. And then if I want to move out and move into that place, um, I can just cause that's so close to obviously my house, my family and the office. Yeah. But, um, I'm still not a hundred percent sure. I still obviously having a, uh, 
you know, a detach is so awesome. You guys both know you guys yeah. have those. Yeah. So I'm still debating, but um, yeah, over the next couple of months, I need to make a decision and I'll be contacting Lorenzo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm renting right now in Oakville and, uh, you know, just you grow up your whole life here and all renting's bad, yeah. renting's bad, you're throwing your money away. But to me, it's, it's the, like, I'm okay with it because I own property already. It's not that bad. That's like, that's the biggest thing. It's, that's almost a misconception. It's not that bad. If you're doing, if you like, so let's say for example, someone has the money for the down payment on a house, but they're like, Hey, I'm investing in X, Y, or Z, or I'm lending it out and I'm making a return of this every month. So I'm taking that money and renting. Mm-hmm. You're breaking even almost like you're almost renting for free. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it just depends on what, what, what your, someone's situation is. Right. Obviously there's a point where you're like, Hey, I'm paying too much in rent. Yeah. I feel people. like there's also a threshold yeah. because if you're going downtown Toronto paying an absurd amount of yeah. rent, yeah, maybe that's not worth it, but. Yeah, your situation right you now like seems rent like that's closer perfect. to where you want to live. Yeah, like for me to buy a condo 100%. in Oakville, it's Crazy. just out, a bit of a, out of reach right now for me. Yep. But to to rent, I can rent exactly where I live in a great like I get the lifestyle without having to put the money down and stuff. 100%. But then I can put the money down and buy a rental property. So it's like it's almost like the ultimate hack. It's like, and plus I'd rather invest in a single family detached home where I can duplex it, I can student rental it. Totally, I can you know put up the extra bedrooms for student rental. Uh, garden more suite, options potentially yep. yeah, yeah you have like more options sever the lot you just have all these income well, and options. i mean the the detached as you know everyone goes over the stats the detached homes is just gonna be impossible to get 100 percent. they already are even even like a town home like to be on any any single family home is gonna be insane it's i guess in 10 to 15 years yeah. like that's gonna be very very that's like that's a hot commodity right yeah now. even now it is right you see those oh big, yeah see those massive hedge fund companies coming out with like plans to put in billion dollars into yeah. single family homes yeah, like when is that the ever, GTA and buy yeah, like when, when does homes. that ever happen? Yeah, right? you're no longer competing with just small time investors 100%. or homeowners who are the majority, but now you're competing with massive corporations. Yeah, that 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 see the value in single family homes, right? So it's yeah, it's, and yeah, that's it's, also why I'm kind of debating still. I'm gonna yeah see the details that come out with this condo, but I'm still debating. I'm like ah maybe detach is the way to go just because I have more options with it. Um, and because, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, more scarce than the condos are going to be. Yeah, I just find, yeah, like all my friends, young people, they're just locked into like, I need to own my place, I need to own my place. And for a lot of people my age, that's condos. And it's yeah. like, you have other options. Rent a condo, yeah. you're not locked in. Like, what if you don't want to be in downtown Toronto forever or wherever you are? You know, buy that house now because it's going to get tougher and tougher to buy that single family home in a few years from now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the world just own something, right? Even if, if yeah. like, if you do rent where you live, just own something, own stuff, own equity stocks house like just own something bitcoin yeah bitcoin yeah own something yeah yeah. yeah. have your money go to work for yeah you. exactly yeah and then you can rent just for your housing needs yeah yeah exactly yeah. i think that's like the ultimate hack and nobody ever talks about it okay so we were talking about this a little bit before but i would like to hear both your opinions on the condo maybe purchasing a condo versus a detached um because that's something i'm going through right now yeah i i mean the pre-construction condo, like Lorenzo just bought one and it's because it was a really good opportunity and it was yeah. a low deposit like we yeah. were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I think if you don't necessarily have uh, all the money for a property right now, but you know you can get that down payment yeah. over the stretch of the construction period or the deposit structure, why not? Like it's better than nothing. Totally. Yeah. I think that's when it makes sense. Um, if you really, really just want to own that condo and live in it in Oakville, then that makes sense. I think the location was the biggest thing for me, right by the go train yeah. there. Yeah, like you know, it's going to be a good investment still. But no, it's tough. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough. I'll have to see. Um, and I mean, you're going into your third year, so like, when's that condo going to be built? Probably three to four years. Yeah, from which, and I was thinking, when that closes, I'll probably be able to take equity out right away. Yep. Yeah. 
because uh but you won't be able to live in it in the next three to four years no so if you're like as soon as i graduate school i know i don't want to move back home you know like yeah. i know and i, I, I think i will though but um but yeah no these are all good things to think about it's stuff to think about because totally. i thought about buying one of those condos for myself yeah. when i before i i uh, rented this place and i was like well that's four years from now yeah, yeah. but i'm personally ready to be on my own right now yeah so that was, totally. Yeah, it just yeah. depends on what you want to do with like if you're like hey listen i'm just i'm renting it out not necessarily for the investment, but I'm renting, you know, just until I move in. Then, no, I need it. I need yeah. an investment property. Well, then, yeah, if it's something, it that, just depends, right? Like, could you find a better investment property than a condo with like crazy condo fees? Probably, right? Like, yeah. especially with, yep, yep. with the networks that we all have, you could probably find something better. So, if it's a strictly investment, maybe you're like run your numbers, like, am I'm a, I'm gonna be in the hole this much, or be making this much, or the condo fees go up totally, by and I'll be doing that. Yeah, yeah. Happen. But if you're like, hey, listen, it's it's in Oakville, it's close to my everything I need, and I'm gonna be moving in eventually. Then to me, that's like you kind of just yeah. do it, right? And then the rent is just a bonus to you can get some equity pay down and can help you cover costs for the short term before you move in. Yeah. But if you were to buy a detached home, your mortgage would start getting paid down right away. Yeah, yeah. You, you've that's got true. income coming in right away. That's true. You know, because the pre-construction, you're just banking on appreciation. Yep. Yeah. But if you bought a home now, you're getting your mortgage paid Which down. Which I do think that one particularly would do well. But yeah, it would. But Anything if you bought... GTA, well. yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. If you bought a, a detached in Hamilton or St. Catharines... They all will. They all will. And it's like, that's appreciating too. And maybe not the same because that's a, a mint area that yep. you're looking at. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of variables, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, no. All things I'll be considering. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your uh, short-term goals, Lorenzo, and uh, long-term goals going forward? Have you thought about that type of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has yeah, your head been down too yeah, much? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been down a lot. Uh, short-term, it's, it's mostly just kind of just the team we have right now. We got a really good, like we kind of had a big transition year. So just building that team as much as possible to the point where maybe in a year from now, they like, don't necessarily need me every day. Like they're kind of self-sufficient. So that'd probably be like my next year goal is taking that team that we have right now and getting I'm sure to that'd be huge for you. Massive, right? To be getting to the point where like, Hey, like I don't, we don't need obviously someone like myself to be like on them every two seconds or be like the, the final guy to look at everything. So and what would you do with that extra time? It'd just be other stuff within the business right now. I can start doing stuff that we've been kind of hot on hold for a long time because nobody's had time for it. So like anything like obviously back and stuff operations wise and making sure every, everything's else running smoothly would be stuff I'd be going into on that side. So there's definitely tons of stuff I can fill a time with. So once I'm kind of pulled out of not necessarily the day to day, I would still be in that, but just kind of like the actual nitty gritty of it. And if I can get everyone else to be that good, that would be fantastic. So obviously start doing other things that need to definitely get, get done as well. Um, long terms, the long term different, obviously a lot, a lot of vision and stuff planned with like how obviously be like BM like how, how everything's going to go there. So just kind of being the transition and everything like that with like Mike and myself and how Dave and Dan are obviously trying to like eventually like they want to be doing this forever too. Right. So yeah. Definitely is a kind of work on that transition. So definitely a long-term plan there. Um, and then honestly, just buy, buy properties. Definitely want to try to get definitely a couple more properties in the next couple of years as well, if, if I can. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. My, my big plan, when I always said, look, when I was like, yeah, my big plan by like 35, 40, probably, I just want to be like, not like retired, but just in a spot where like, oh, I'm good now. You could retire. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I ever would to be on it. And who knows? Maybe I'll just get so fat. Like, who knows? But I don't think I'd ever, I just I don't think I'm the type of person that just can do nothing, to be honest with you. Like, even when I was like, I'm always had to be doing like, even though I was younger, just have to be going 100 miles an hour or else I get really bored quick. Um, so I don't think I'd ever do it, but just to the point where it's like, oh, okay, like I don't have to do everything every day. Yeah. Right. And then that to me, that's like, oh, that's, that's cool. So like, that's kind of like my end goal. Yeah, I, I don't think there's like any uh, time in your life where you'd be upset at having assets. Yeah, no, ne never. No, yeah, and that's why I'm like, 
and, the and big, all of us are like we just want to own these exactly it and just gives you power as soon life. as we can yeah and Options. the biggest thing too especially like we're seeing it right now the market's obviously going like slightly down or right now we're seeing a little bit of tightening of obviously potentially recession oncoming and it's like this is the time when it's like if you can either if you have an asset to hold it obviously if you have or you can buy something like it's a could be a fantastic yeah, time to buy it, right? So 100%. this this is some something where I'm like, hey, this is like where kind of really makes people like shapes investors and stuff like that. People look back at this ten years from now, saying, thank God I held through it. Like right, everyone looks at the charts. Tom and Nick would show. He used to throw all the charts from like the '93 crash, the '08 little like little yep. blip that happened. It wasn't even that bad here, in right? Canada, but, it was like, yeah, it was like no, there's like a blip in the radar. Yeah. So, but when you see stuff like that, you're like, it's always still trending upward, right? Like if you look at it over a thirty year period, it's still trending upward. So if you can like hold through, like I think. You're gonna like in ten years from now, like every year that passes, you're like, damn, thank God. Yeah, your mortgage is still getting paid down. Hundred percent. You, you might have cash flow still coming yeah, in. I know absolutely. cash flow is getting squeezed, but and even if you're losing a bit of money, like a couple hundred bucks a month, thousand bucks a month, like obviously plan for yourself to be able to afford that. But you look at it like you're not losing money; it's a savings account. Right. Like imagine instead of you giving money to your financial advisor, like taking a piece of your paycheck and putting it in the stock market, you're just putting it in a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's the yeah. same. It's the same idea. And Obviously, the house look at shown probably likely to be better anyway. Yeah. So it's like that's the way I kind of look at it too. Even if you are like losing money, obviously if you can buy for cash flow, definitely do. Like I was fortunate, my place is like my place does cat like did cash flow, um still does actually. But anyways, I was fortunate in that and I was able to get one that does. But even if it wasn't like I was okay with that, I was like I can. It's a savings account, right? As long as you have you budget your life properly, it's it's just a savings account for me, mm-hmm. and that that's gonna keep going up eventually. Totally, yeah. yeah. It, like if you're looking at the stats and just the population stats. Um, and then obviously them wanting money printing. I know it's a little different right now, but that's not going to take long till that. Yeah. Interest rates are still like historically low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And we're just just used to it, you know, six months ago. So we're like, ah, interest rates are up. Yeah, exactly. Big picture. Like someone like, did you really think it was going to stay at 1.8% for the whole time? You know what I mean? Like that's obviously not feasible as well. Right. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in the next 12 months. They're, you know, lowering again. 100%. Money's coming back in the system uh, and everything's going crazy again. And everyone's like, they're going to have to. Absolutely. It's going to happen. It's it's already getting priced into like, we've obviously part of our job to be watching obviously like the market's really close to the bond market specifically that bases a lot of rates um and you already see it's starting to come slightly down a little bit it's starting to trend when those yields or sorry yep. bond yields when those yields start coming down the rates will come with it and it's just at this point it's just something that they're starting to price something in right now are the is the bank canning start lowering rates what rate probably not they have to get inflation down but it's definitely something that's starting to get priced in with the yields coming down stuff like that where eventually yeah 12 months from now we're likely definitely going to likely going to see a drop a drop in rates to kind of they're going to push us into recession. Inflation is going to say, hey, we beat inflation. And then they're going to have to bring it down to re-stimulate. Yeah, revert course again. Yeah, exactly. And just go back. And it's just a big cycle, right? <clears throat> so you're saying just hold on. Hold on, yeah. yeah and that's my, that's always my thing, right? It's always just like, with anything, right? Even if the Bitcoin, the stocks, like just if it's something good, obviously there's some stuff where it's like, hey, sometimes you got to just like cut your losses. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that you're like, especially if you've done your research and you know this is going to be good for me. Yeah. Whole, you like, need it's that not supposed to conviction. be easy. Yeah, and it's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, that everyone would just do. Well, it, yeah, right? and yeah. I, and it, it makes sense that if if someone's not educated on what's happening in real estate and everything that's yeah. going around around them like, with the monetary system, I can see why it would be concerning or you're not a hundred percent on this, you know, investment. You get you need to educate yourself and Absolutely. understand what's happening to be confident in the decision. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't cash flow until I bought my third property, which covered the negative cash flow on the first two because the first two I was so leveraged. But I was living at home. I was lucky enough to be able to do that. And I knew between me and my buddy and my other buddy who bought the second property with me, we could carry it. 
because we were all yeah. still living at home yeah. and we had the excess cash flow because we were all working full time and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got the third one that we finally started cash flowing. Interest rates are up. I haven't even looked at it. We might be break even across yeah. the board, but we can still carry it. Yeah. So we're okay with that. And okay. we were convinced long term that it would pan out. Yeah. It, it really has. When like, did you buy the first one? How many? Years, I, I know about how many years ago for when did you buy the first one? Three years ago. And how is that for you now? It's been incredible. I yeah. bought another one. Exactly. So it's, that's, that's the whole thing with people too, right? It's like, I haven't, and you probably can't talk to one person that over probably say five plus years or 10 years, I've been like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. Like bought a property, right? Like I don't think I've ever met anyone that like, says like that, especially over 10 years, like over two, three years. Yeah. Maybe it's going to hurt a bit, but over 10 years, I don't really, you can't really yeah, find yeah. You'd be hard pressed to find many people that'd be like, I should never have done and that. And Anthony, yeah. it's been awesome what you've been able to do with your buddies, pulling your friends together, yeah, going yeah. on joint ventures with them. Well, it's crazy because when I bought my first property, I, I told my buddy, I bought it with a, a good buddy of mine. And then my other buddy was like, oh, you bought a rental. Like, because we had talked about it a little bit. Yep. His parents had rentals yep. and he was an electrician. He'd been working for a while, but he didn't take it seriously. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get one. I'll get one. Was in no rush. As soon as I bought one, it was like it lit a fire under his butt. now, yeah. Yeah, and then he went, he bought one like three months later. Okay. Yeah. As soon as he bought one, my other good buddy was like, you guys are buying rental properties? I'm like, yeah, this is how it is. Gave him like rich dad, poor dad, taught him everything, whatever. Yeah. And then he goes, he buys a property in St. Catharines. Uh, so now three of us have property in St. Catharines. Awesome. My other buddy calls me and he's like, what are you doing? You know, you're buying yeah, yeah. properties. You're looking for another partner. Wow. Look at Come you. You're getting board. the whole gang. So yeah, then he awesome. comes on board. And then uh, another buddy after that goes and is like, oh, you guys are buying properties. So it's just like lit up this chain reaction yeah. amongst all my friends. And like, that's my, so cool to see that play out. It's so cool. And now like it's given us all a purpose aside from just working our day jobs yep. or whatever. It's given us this like secondary purpose. And we're all working to this bigger vision where we can retire early. We can have the option to. We can live life on our terms, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's what it's all for. Like, it's, as as much as the slogan, that, that's like that's literally what it's for. Just to be able to say, hey, like I want to live life how I want to. I don't want to have someone tell me what. Yeah, to do whatever right that now. means. Yeah, whatever that is for someone. But that's literally it's it's the pursuit of freedom, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And freedom. your properties, it's awesome because they're all in St. Catharines, right? Yeah, about like five minutes. Away. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's awesome. Smart, yeah. yeah, because you go there and you can check them all out, do whatever you have to do. If yeah. you're filling, you're already there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so inspection days are easy. You just book yeah. your three inspections. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it's worked out. But just to like your point about like the buddy that you have that goes to the gym. Yeah. It's like making you get into fitness. Yeah. Like just, man, surrounding yourself with other people who are doing it. Because you're like, oh, man, if Aiden can do it, if Lorenzo can do it, I can do it. Totally. Like, what's Absolutely. the difference, you know? And it's 100% helpful because I can ask Lorenzo. I can ask Anthony if yeah. I have a question, if I have a problem. Yeah. It's just Absolutely. easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Do you have anything else for uh, Lorenzo here? Um, I guess, is there any books or podcasts you've listened to recently that you really were like, damn, I should share Bo that? Books, not necessarily. I don't, I, I would say, again, I should probably read more books. I just don't have enough time, to be honest with you, read a ton of stuff. Um, Yeah, like 90% of my days, literally wake up, yeah, yeah, yeah. go to bed. Yeah. So, yeah, not, not necessarily. I do read a lot of stuff of what's going on in the market and stuff like that. Obviously, I want to keep myself really like totally in tune with that obviously it's part part of her job um podcast yeah i listen to whenever i'm if i'm ever driving anywhere i'll listen to like a couple different podcasts like joe rogan's always like you know it's like classic yeah classic stuff there there's one like value tame and like we'll listen to some of that every once in a while um but yeah it's pretty pretty much it with you guys um right now i'm on a whole bunch of different ones i like the best business show from pomp there's a couple uh i like what bitcoin did that's peter mccormack another bitcoin yeah. one um those are probably the two main ones I like to listen to, but obviously if there's a good guest on someone else's podcast, I'll listen. Just anything. Yeah, yeah. I'll listen to anything. Yeah. Yeah. I've 
listened to so many podcasts at this point. Joe Rogan's definitely my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Rogan's awesome. He's, he's just yeah, he's those are good. so good. Yeah, I love even when good. he has some of those science guys on. Yeah. Like, oh, I listen to most of them just because they're good. Like they're, yeah, like, I like listening to the space one. Yeah, yeah, anything with him or yeah. Yeah. the good. guy's incredible because he can have a comedian on one day and then the next he has like a neuroscience. Yeah, yeah, and he can speak to both in yeah. such a like impressive, entertaining yeah. way. Yeah. I'm a, I just started Elon Musk and the Nelk Boys just. Uh, oh, really? the podcast yesterday, and I'm like, that's a crazy combo. Yeah. I saw them, the Nelk Boys. I saw them in the uh, Croatian airport last week. Oh, oh yeah, because yeah, they were there. I right? ran into them. It was so oh, funny. Hey. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. But um, yeah, no, I guess, I guess that's it. Perfect. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you coming. Yeah, thank Absolutely you, man. Boys. This thank was really you. cool. Oh, I appreciate you having me. It's fantastic. Totally. We'll yeah. do this again. I mean, yeah. cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed the show with Lorenzo Poda. Uh, if you want to reach out to BM Select and their team with uh, Michael Zanzini, Daniel Patton, and Dave Butler, you can reach them at info at bmselect.ca. That's info at bmselect.ca. With that, until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs>